What is that podcast? Is it an award-winning hit? Don't ask Alenka cause she isn't on it. Hmm, hmm, yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the Haven't Seen It podcast. This is the podcast where we bring people on the show and we get them really drunk and they tell me about a movie that I've never seen before. That was so subdued, Alenka. I know because the song really set the mood, so Uh, I decided... Is it because at any moment you might just throw up? No, but also on that note, you guys. So one, obviously it's Oscars whatever month maybe or something I don't yeah know. it's With Oscar something month. about the oscars yeah, Oscar. um so the song really set me up into some kind of mood and then also i don't it might be a panic attack but like i've got a hard time breathing right now so if at any point during the stream or during the recording you hear like Ugh. it's literally just me trying to breathe you know if Everybody you do, stay calm i'm yeah. fine it worst case no, but if you if ever if go, you do that i'll just know. mimic it so no one will know who's doing it right i'll just i'll just go <clears throat> yeah 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 do that <laughs> even though yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was waiting. I was waiting. okay uh, and Maybe. i'm well <laughs> and uh yeah it is oscar month uh, oh, I got it. That was me breathing. That oh, wasn't me you cheering. Did it. You did it. Yay. <laughs> Sorry. All right. It's exciting. We are uh, joined by a very special guest, returning guest, uh, all the way from like episode 14, yeah. 16, something, something, something in the teens. Yes. Uh, we have <laughs> Danny Morrison, a.k.a. Mutant Museum. So my YouTube channel is all about dramatic readings of fiction. Uh, some of it is hilariously bad stuff, like I've got this novel-length, piece-of-shit Legend of Zelda fanfic going right now. Uh, But I'm also mixing that up, alternating with um, Beowulf, which is a great piece of writing. And I've been reading a lot of uh, pulp adventure stories from, like, magazines from the 50s and 60s lately, and that's super cool. Uh, I just recently read the famous story, Weasels Ripped My Flesh, which was a big influence on Frank Zappa. Wow. That's interesting. It's about a man (laughs) whose flesh is ripped by weasels. I don't, I don't want to be that I would man. have never guessed. No. It's a bad time. <laughs> never. All right. So, on that note, what are you telling us the story of today? Well, last time I was on the show, we were talking about Crimson, Crimson Peak. Peak. I remember because I was traumatized. You do? Yep. Uh, this one's a little less traumatic and more nice, but we are still talking about Guillermo del Toro. I am the del Toro guy. Wow. I share a birthday with him, in fact. Oh, my God. And um, I that. Uh, we're talking, because it is Oscar month, we're talking about the uh, best picture winning classic romantic film, The Shape of Water. Is it a romance? Oh, yeah. Okay. It's a romance. Oh, yeah. See, I thought it would be, and I'll, am I, are we there yet? Do I get to talk about what I know? <laughs> no, yet? not yet. Damn it. Why, why did you choose oh. this one? Other than Del Toro, we know that, but uh-uh. why did you choose this? Well, movie? um, <clears throat> it's one of my favorite movies ever made, to be honest, um, I think the leading actress is a total babe. Nice. And I've always had a long and abiding love of, um, you know, hideous fishman swamp monsters. Right. Nice, nice. So seeing one finally, you know, get to be the hero and, and you know, get with Sally Hawkins, that's a lifelong ambition of mine. So it's <laughs> to be a, a finally, fishman. Finally with Sally got Hawkins. made. <laughs> no, just to see it happen. Just to see it, yeah. Just it's, to, it's a lifelong ambition finally realized. Just to be the voyeur in the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, peep the shirt, everyone. Peep his shirt. Yes. 
There you go. That's oh, nice. You can't, you can't see it because the uh, yeah. yeah, it's the creature from the Black Lagoon. I love the creature from the Black Lagoon. And this is a movie is where he finally gets to be the hero. Yeah. Um, it's actually not one of my favorite movies, but he is one of my favorite characters. Okay. It is a very like the original creature from the Black Lagoon is really good, but it's not in my top four. All right. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, I I can't remember. I don't think I saw this in theaters. I think I saw this home video. Ah. But uh, I really enjoyed it the first time I watched it. I saw it in theaters. Not just uh, I saw it at TIFF. Uh, it was the red carpet, so Del Toro was there, Ooh. and the cast were there, and apparently Benedict Cumberbatch and Ron Perlman were there. Oh, wow. They're not in the movie, no, <laughs> uh, but they just—they were just yeah. also there, and it was. I saw it at the uh, the Royal Alexandra Theater, which is this beautiful old timey theater here in Toronto. That they filmed inside, didn't they? Or no, um, no, they filmed inside the. Pan. No, what's they do. I was going to save that for later, <laughs> oh, yeah. but uh, yes, uh, we saw it in a theater that is also in the movie, mm. so it, it yeah. created a little bit of a. You know the cocoa j- jar with the Norse holding the cocoa jar with the Norse holding the cocoa jar and it goes on forever? It created a bit of that effect. <laughs> Where you're like, I'm in right. the space they filmed mm-hmm. yeah. over and over. You're looking through the screen, you can see the room that is between you and the screen. Yeah. Right. So, you know it's romance now. Well, so... You know something about sea creatures. So, may I? <laughs> yes, so, you may. Speaking of being in the room that it's been filmed in... I used to work at the Lakeview restaurant, which is how I know this also movie in the exists movie. at all. Um, and uh, yeah, maybe we'll work there again one day. But that's besides the point. <laughs> that's how I know this movie exists. See, by the name, I thought it was in fact a romance. And I hadn't really thought about much else about it. Um, I feel like maybe I'm confusing this with another potential movie that was filmed in the Lakeview, but somebody getting shot up in a in a booth. There have been a, a few, quite a few. I yeah. believe Cocktail Co- was was Boondock Saints filmed at the Lakeview. Cool. Yeah, it was. Cocktail, right. the Tom Cruise movie we, was filmed there. Was there was a I sandwich named Boondock Fish, oh. which based off that, they're just trying to milk it. Um, Milk sandwich. Ugh. Milk sandwich. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a romance based off the name, but then I saw the poster had a fish man on it. So I was like, I was going to joke on here. I was like, oh, it's going to be like a romantic movie about this woman and this fish. And it's, it is. No, you I called guess. it. That yeah. is exactly what it so, is. Fish man love. That's, yeah. uh, I guess that's the general premise of what I imagine it to be. I guess, um, you know, maybe what happens is she goes to the lake, cabin on the lake. With her man, man gets, he's, the, her man's a, an abusive narcissist. And then the swamp monster, monster, am I having a stroke? No. The swamp monster comes out of the lake and he saves her and then they fall in love and then they um, are in love. I would also watch that movie that okay. you're not too far off. Perfect. And the movie you're describing does sound really good. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm a director. I'm a writer. <laughs> All right. So. Um, it's not, yeah, it's not super far off. Cool. Um, but yeah, um, we'll get to it. Um, but before that, uh, yes. let me describe the drink. Right. Uh, I, I call this, I believe it's a line from the movie, but the, it's either the, the future is green or green is the future. However you want to call it. I like green is the future. This Words is, along those lines. Yeah. This is a, uh, like a key lime pie cocktail. I'll hold it up. For uh, everyone to see. I assume it tastes better than the key lime pie that the Lakeview serves. 
in the movie. In the movie, maybe I don't know. Does it or does it? I don't know. Let me. Uh, it's sorry. Let me describe those it. Pies. This is uh, Make this them got in milkshakes. It's got vodka in it for mm-hmm. uh, for story reasons. Yes, yes. Uh, it's also got some rum in it for flavor reasons. Uh, it's there are got, no pirates in this movie. No, there's no pirates, but it's just got rum in it. It's just about everything else, though. <laughs> it's got pineapple juice for flavor reasons. It's got egg whites in it for story reasons. Sure. And uh, it's got sure. whipping cream as well in it oh. uh, for pie reasons. Sure. And we top that off with a, uh, with a graham cracker crumble. For pie reasons. For pie reasons. Which are also story reasons. Yes. So the pie, pie has story yeah. reasons. So do you guys get it? Yeah. Do you get it? There's, there's a bit in this movie where they're eating pie. Mm-hmm. There are several bits. What? I'm just kidding. That's not a huge spoiler. Well, it's actually not that bad. Yeah. It's not that bad. It doesn't make Oh, and there's lime juice, obviously, for lime pie, yeah, pie. reason stories. Sure. Yeah. Lime pie reason stories. And a little bit of I'm blue pressing. and yellow food coloring to get that greenish. To get that greenish. Oh, that's Greenish natural. bluish tinted. That's supernatural. And I also might have added... Hunting things and saving people, the family business. (laughs) Exactly. That's supernatural. (laughs) For more lime flavor, I might have also poured in a little bit of lime Joritos that I had. Doritos? Jarito. Like the drink? Oh, Mexican. I think it's Jarito. Is it Jaritos? I don't know, man. With with an eight. I said it's white white person. Yeah, I think you're right. But but our film was directed by a Mexican, so we got to be right about it. That's true. That's true. He is a Mexican, man. He's from... He's the first Mexican who won... He did win Best Director. No. He did. He did. Yeah. He won Best Picture. I remember there's been some years where the Best Picture winner also, also didn't win Best Director, which is kind of bullshit. It's... Yeah, it feels like they should really be one award, but I don't know. Yeah, they should be both. Anyway, uh, that's the drink. Uh, make it at home if you want. Yeah, it's nice. It's not too bad, actually. Yeah, I was worried about good. the egg whites, but it all it all worked out. Yeah, usually they do in beverages. Mm-hmm. But, Danny. Yes. How does this movie start? Uh, if I were to describe the opening scene from The Shape of Water to you, where would I begin? <laughs> The opening scene. Would I start with the opening monologue delivered by Richard Jenkins, which I am currently parodying? Or would I describe the visuals on screen of uh, an apartment building flooded with water, fish swimming through floating furniture? Or would I describe the actual narrative information that is being imparted to you when we are introduced to our main character, Eliza Esposito, played by the gorgeous, incredibly sexy Sally Hawkins? Uh, Did you see the Paddington movies? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. She's a babe. Um, I'm assuming she's in the Breaks Paddington. character completely, yeah. so genuinely. Did you see the Paddington? They're so good. All right. So Eliza uh, wakes up in the late evening uh, to her alarm clock. She doesn't sleep on a bed. She sleeps on this chaise lounge in the middle of this beautifully decorated, but idiosyncratically decorated apartment, let's say. Mm. And she's making herself breakfast in the form of uh, some eggs. She's boiling herself an egg. And while the egg boils, she sets an egg timer, and she goes into the bathroom. And as she undresses, we see that she has three scars on either side of her neck. Mm. And she gets into the the tub, and she starts to masturbate. And that's the opening scene. And that's the the opening scene. In the scars? No, just, no, she's not just regular type. Scars. Just oh. regular yeah. masturbation. I thought like fish. I thought she had like fish gills. Like she's just like. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen it. No, this isn't a Cronenberg movie. Um, and then 
she uh, gets up and she has her eggs and she gets dressed and she goes across the hall where we meet her roommate, uh, not her roommate, her neighbor, Giles, who is played by Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is a kindly middle-aged gay man that is in the middle. We don't know he's gay yet, but. Okay, it's not a spoiler. No, it's not a spoiler because it happens pretty quickly. We, we, we do learn, <laughs> you're right, we do learn for sure that he is gay very soon. And yeah. he's painting a family eating jello. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's clearly supposed to be like one of those big, like, full page ads in a magazine because the year is 1963. Mm-hmm. And Kennedy's still alive. Uh, and we're in Baltimore. And he's, he's doing this. Um, Baltimore. Yeah, by Baltimore, I mean Toronto and sometimes Hamilton. Okay. <laughs> um, He's he's painting this print ad, and he's talking to her, but she is replying entirely in sign language because she is mute. Mm-hmm. He also is surrounded in cats. He's got like at least five of them. Mm-hmm. But I think, it, but it's kind of clear just from like body language and stuff that she's not deaf. She just can't. Yeah, she can't speak. She can hear every word he's saying yeah. clearly. Um. So she, sorry, I've got some some little notes on my phone just so I can remember the order of the scene. Uh, also, they live above a movie theater. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And by a movie theater, we mean Massey Hall, right? Mm. No. Elgin. I said Royal Alexander earlier. I'm wrong. It's the Royal Elgin Theater. The inside is the Royal Elgin, but the exterior, oh, I believe, is Massey Hall. Yes, I think yes. you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. And it's, as I've said, it's nighttime. She woke up late in the evening because she works nights. And she heads out to, she catches the bus to go to work, and she works at a place called the Occam Facility. She works for the big bad government. Yeah, mm. it's, a, it's a top secret government facility where they're doing top secret government things. Mm. And all to stop the Ruskies. All to stop the Ruskies. The year is 1963, and she's a janitor. Mm. She is cleaning this facility, and when Along she... with her... Best friend, not Giles, but Octavia Spencer. Yes, <laughs> who plays a character named Zelda. Mm-hmm. And they uh, they meet up at work, and we see them cleaning stuff. We see all the stuff around the facility they're cleaning. We see, we see Zelda dusting this gigantic rocket-looking thing. And they're... I, I would say they're making small talk, but Zelda is talking, and Eliza occasionally responds with some sign language. Mm. Uh, I just want to take a moment to say that uh, Sally Hawkins is not mute herself. She learned sign language for the role, but she delivers all of it with, the, you know, the, all of the, the hand gestures are made with, like, the confidence of a pro. You mm-hmm. could truly believe she'd been doing this her whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, be, be, because she wasn't as well-known, like, like in the mainstream. Not super well-known, no. Before this movie, even though she had huge career before this movie she'd been in um, things but so a lot of people were like is she actually mute and yeah it's like no 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 <laughs> and uh they're they're brought into this new lab where this big water tank has been set up and the head of security whose name is mr fleming and he's this very like jittery neurotic man and he says i, I don't want to overstate the importance but the asset that is going to be housed in this lab is Without a doubt, the most sensitive asset that we have ever housed at this facility. And he introduces uh, a new person who's taking over as head of security and his, is his new boss, whose name is Mr. Strickland. I think actually Colonel Strickland. Is it Colonel? He's a Colonel. I think so. Colonel. I don't... I think so. Um, Either way, it's Michael Shannon. It's Michael Shannon. Who 
if I'm really if I'm thinking hard about it, I think we've only seen Michael Shannon as Sounds Eminem's funny. mom's boyfriend in Eight Mile. Oh. In terms of movies we've covered, I don't think he's been in anything else we've covered. So. Did he get any spaghetti? We did. We ate spaghetti. Okay. <laughs> we don't like him. Eminem's boyfriend's mom's. Spa- Wait, no. No, Eminem's mom's boyfriend. Did, did I say boyfriend's mom? Or no, mom? I did. Freddie yeah. and Slim. Mom's um, boyfriend. He would not be pleased with that. Um, and we're also introduced to. Uh, these are very brief introductions. We don't actually know these people, but Fleming is kind of introducing these people to the room. Uh, we meet another uh, person who's been brought in, Dr. Robert Hofstetler, played by Michael Stuhlbarg, if you know him. Nope. And, okay. And he is uh, a expert scientist who's come in to examine the asset, mm. whatever that might be. It's a fish. It's a big fish, man. It is a very handsome fish. Um, very handsome. So, uh, then I guess it's the next morning, uh, Eliza and Giles go out to eat some pie. View. They go to the Lakeview restaurant. Which is like, it's like so cool. Cause I've seen like set photos Dundas from Dundas and, uh, Ossington, I believe it is. Um, like where they filmed and like the way they just digitally make it look so mm-hmm. old, just like even just streets, you're like, that's the intersection, but somehow everything is so different. Yeah. Just blows your mind, doesn't it's, it? It's not just that they made Toronto look like Baltimore, because like, sure. It's that they... I, I don't know Baltimore enough to be like, yeah, that's Baltimore. Right. It's that they made 2017 or 16 or whenever they filmed this yeah. look like the early 60s. Yeah. And... Um, Giles has a little bit of a crush on the guy behind the counter there. Mm-hmm. Um, who it is was me. Selling the pies. No, it's definitely a man. It's me. And you're actually in the background. Like, he's he's got me. this like fake southern accent me. because he's making chit-chat with Giles, who's like clearly into this guy. And he says that, like, oh, they tell us all to put on these southern accents because the place is called Dixie Dugs, but I'm actually from Iowa. No, he actually says, uh, I'm from Ottawa. I was never clear oh. whether he says Ottawa or Iowa. Oh, I had it the subtitle okay. song, so uh-huh. I'm assuming it's Ottawa. Okay. I also, okay, whenever movies are filmed in Canada, mm-hmm. they like, drop I'm like, is there, is there, like, Canadian media law that states like, like you gotta there's gotta be enough us. references like because yeah. never like a movie that's just, like you wouldn't know that was filmed in Canada just happens to have a weird like Canadian reference I'm like mm-hmm. is that because it was filmed in Canada and it was required mm. like right. you have to reference now that Canada. I know of but I <laughs> when, when I watched it the I always thought he said Ottawa but when I watched it the other day for this episode it sounded like Iowa but I, he says Ottawa okay but uh <laughs> You know, agree to disagree about uh, Ottawa. I mean, it's, it's, sure. it's quite ambiguous. And uh, so let's see. They go back to the apartment and they're eating these pies with, with Giles' cat. And it is very clear that Eliza does not much care for this pie. No. And disgusting. Giles doesn't either. He it's has, also like... He can't finish it and he's got a whole pie, fridge full of them. But it's like gelatin. This yeah. pie is like jello. <laughs> yeah, food in the 60s was awful, yeah. is my it's understanding. It's all space food. Yeah, yeah. and he's, he's got a whole fridge full of like unfinished slices of pie yeah. because he can't bring himself to actually eat it. But he also wants to keep going back there to keep talking to the guy. Mm-hmm. And Because, you, know, you know, it's it's the 60s. If you're gay and you want to, you know, make connections, you have no way of knowing who is safe to talk to. So he's very carefully scoping this whole situation out. Mm. And he's also extremely, because he's kind of an older guy, he's very self-conscious about his toupee that he has oh, yeah, just he, acquired. We see, like, when we he, they're walking across the street, I, you realize, at first, because I forgot about that part, I was like, 
who's that guy? Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize, oh, he's wearing a toupee. He's got a toupee. <laughs> who's that dude? And it makes him look, it, it, looks, it looks good on him. It looks really good. So then, uh, I guess it's the next day or the next night, and Eliza is at work, and she's cleaning a bathroom with Zelda, and they're talking about, well, Zelda is talking about how somehow there are pee stains on the ceiling. Darn. You, you'd think a man would learn how to aim Has by Has she now. mentioned her husband at this point yet? Yeah, no? she's been talking a fair bit about her useless layabout husband, yeah. Brewster, uh-huh. who is... is, is you know, they are both working full-time jobs. It is the 60s. Women have to work now. But he also still expects her to right. be a full-time homemaker on top of that, which is unfair. Like that doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and then ah! Strickland comes in. Mr. Strickland, to, Michael uh, Shannon. Yeah, and he comes in and he washes his hands first, right? Or he no? washes his hands yeah. first. First. Then he takes a pee. Just holding his hips. Just holding his hips. And then Eliza, like, hands him a towel, and he's like, oh, no thank you, no thank you. A man washes before or after tending to his needs. It tells you a lot about his character. If he does both. It's a sign of weakness. Yeah, he's the weirdest character, actually, in this movie. And there's a fish man in this movie. And they're they're like, he, he comes in in the middle of their conversation. He's like, oh, don't mind me. Girl talk, no doubt. Keep talking. And he's so, like, weird and condescending. Also, mm-hmm. he has a gigantic cattle prod with him mm-hmm. that's, like, this big. And people can't hear me. It's, like, th- a three-foot cattle prod. See people you. can't see me. <laughs> yeah. uh, he's got a three-foot. So Danny just gestured his hands and about mm-hmm. a three-foot. It was this right. big. <laughs> yeah. He has a gigantic cattle prod with him. And he's talking about how, like, oh, that thing is, uh, is such a powerful cattle prod. You can zap anything you want with mm. it. So why would he have a cattle prod? That's weird. Oh, very Still a mystery at this point. Okay. Yeah, if you haven't seen the poster of the movie yeah. yet. So then um, we we see them there. It's kind of cut later. They're, they're they're in the hallway again. These are like big, like almost like missile style style yeah. hallways, industrial. They're definitely underground, and uh, they're cleaning up. And then suddenly there's just like alarms ringing, and Strickland. No, they, walks they sound out. the. Alarm. Oh no, they sound the alarm. But Strickland, Strickland walks out just like bloody. Holding his hand. And two of his fingers are missing. Yeah. Mm. And is just like on the ground and then, you know, everyone leaves. They, sound the, they sound the alarm and they they are sent in there to clean because there's blood all over the place. And um, the first <laughs> thing that happens is that Eliza finds his two severed fingers. And for want of anywhere to put them, uh, she puts them in a little bag that she had eaten her lunch out of earlier. So they get stained with mustard. <laughs> It had the, uh, an egg in it. That's gross. Yeah. <laughs> and then Zelda takes the bag and runs to show everyone, hey, I found the fingers. And while she's out of the room, um, something starts moving in the big water tank. Mm-hmm. And Eliza looks through and we, for a second, catch a glimpse of uh, an amazing fish man. Fish man. Fish, fish man. man. Play Alenka. by. Who do you think yeah. plays the fish man? Bradley Chevy Cooper. Chase. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Is it Bradley Cooper? No. Oh. Here's a hint. He has to wear an elaborate fishman costume for the oh, entire movie. Oh, it's that guy. It's that guy. It's Doug Jones. It's that guy. Doug Jones. Doug. It's the great Doug Jones. Sorry. Slim, muscular. He's like weird, 60 now. Weird Doug Jones. It's fine. Who Works only plays monsters. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. He was only a zombie and in Hocus ghost, Pocus. Old ghost women in yes. in uh, Crimson Peak. <laughs> Crimson Peak. 
So yeah, that's our first glimpse of Sexy Fish Man. Sexy Fish Man. You know, you know, Handsome Squidward. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> what Handsome Squidward is to regular Squidward, this yeah. guy is to the creature from the Black Lagoon. Okay, okay, yeah. nice. He is. Like, wait, think of that, right. but like Zaddy Fish Man. He's got like you know, yeah. soft, kissable lips, wow. and a strong chin. And very weird. Apparently, very weird. on set, um, I'm gonna take a brief segue here because I think it's funny. Um, you know, Doug Jones is standing around on set in his big fish outfit. And apparently, every time Octavia Spencer went, walked past him, she would sneak a little, little, little peek at his at his booty. Yeah. And he would always say like, "Octavia, are you looking at my ass again?" And she'd be like, "Yes, I am. Keep on walking, Doug." Wow. Fishman. He got big gills. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so well, that's not all he's got, but we'll get to that. <laughs> what happens um, next week? Next, we follow Giles to work. Oh, yes. Giles works at an ad agency. Side note, this is the town hall in Hamilton, Ontario. Mm. I was wondering, uh, I was like, I don't know what that means. He doesn't is. actually work there, but he, he's doing contract work for them there. Mm-hmm. And he used to work there or something. We kind of find out. It's implied, because he's talking to the guy who used to be his boss. It's implied they had some kind of an affair. Oh, really? I, I got that sense. That. He, it, it's, it's also definitely made clear that he had a drinking problem at yeah, some yeah. point. And that he had but to leave, and that I get an ex's vibe his off, old boss off has the two like, of them. Yeah, his old boss mm. has like convinced people to let him do some work. Yeah, and he's brought that. this Jello painting he did, and his old boss, whose name is Bernie, says to him like, oh, "The Jello is red. Don't make it red. Make it green. Paint it over as green, mm-hmm. and then maybe we're somewhere." And so Giles goes home, and I guess he's trying to paint the thing green. And the big thing is, like, they're like, I, you know, I had to convince them to go with a painting. They want to photograph, because now it's photography and advertising is the big thing, you right. know. And, photography. Um, Eliza, we, 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 Eliza is now cleaning the lab where the fish man is, and she gets her first, I would say, like, really good look at him. He comes up, like, out of the water when she's eating a boiled egg, mm-hmm. which we've established she likes, right. and she offers him one. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And he's tentative, but he eventually takes it, and she teaches him the ASL for egg, which is this. Ooh. And then oh. after she leaves, he starts doing that. Yeah. Okay. It's a sexy motion right there. Yeah. And then she and Zelda get called into Strickland's office, <clears throat> and she gives Strickland back his fingers... Great. No, no, his ring. His oh, fingers yeah, his are ring. attached got, now. His, fing- got... his fingers have been, you're right, his yeah. fingers have been sewn on, but it's, he says, like, they're not quite sure if it's going to take yet. They had to rebuild all the muscle right. tissue and nervous tissue. She gives him back his wedding ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's talking about, he tells them about, like, the thing that is in that lab, that thing is an affront. It, it may look a little bit human. You know yeah. what a front is. And he's like, Really condescending because he assumes Zelda doesn't know what words mean, and that doesn't happen anymore. Sure doesn't. <laughs> and he. What are you talking about? We talk. Oh. <laughs> he um, he's he's talking about the creature, and he says like the thing that's in there that is an affront. It's not human. We're made in the Lord's image. You don't think God looks like that, do you? And Zelda says, she "Might." I, I wouldn't presume to know what God looks like, sir. And he says, he looks like me. <laughs> Maybe like you, but probably more like me. And he's going over their, their files as, as employees. And he said, he's, again, he's quite rude to Zelda. But like, Zelda, you're an only child. That's not common with your people, is it? He's just like, he's 
racist. It's the '60s, and he's a racist white man. And uh, and we also get a little bit of backstory on Eliza. We learn that she uh, uh, was raised in an orphanage, and they found her by the side of the river. Mm. Oh dang! And they took her into this orphanage when she was a tiny baby, and the scars on her neck were already there, and that's. Presumably why she's mute is that someone apparently slashed her vocal cords when she was a baby. Okay. Mm. And that's why she can't talk. Okay. Yeah. And he talks a little bit about his experience with the creature, which uh, he he says he hauled up out of a river somewhere in South America and dra- drug it all the way up to, uh, up to Baltimore. And along the way, we didn't get to like each other too much. <laughs> And right. then, you know how we followed Giles to work earlier? Now we're following Strickland home from work. Yeah. He arrives at work in the morning because he works night shift, so his kids are just about ready to go to school. And his son is saying to him, like, Dad, at school we're building a time capsule, you know, for the future. Do you think in the future we're going to have jetpacks? And Strickland's oh, like, yeah. believe it, son, this is America. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just sits there staring straight forward. He's just straight, just like, believe it. He's like, and then like, there's a shows big no affection to this his family. This is America. <laughs> no affection at all to his family. And they're like something out of a sitcom. Mm. It's, yeah. It's amazing. And then his wife is like, wash your hands. Wash your hands. And, and then comes. Upstairs. And then, oh. so they're having some sex. Okay. Yeah. And Only then, after she sniffs his fingers to make sure they're nice and clean. Okay. And then, well, and then like his fingers start bleeding. And she's like, honey, honey, your hand's bleeding. And he, like, starts covering up her mouth and is like, don't talk. He's like, silence. I silence. only like silence. Yeah. Because <laughs> this is America. Creepy. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's strange. Yeah. Like, again, in a, movie with like a, in a movie with a sexy fish man, he is the strangest character in this movie. Right. <laughs> well, that's what's interesting, is if the movie were made in the time period it's set, he'd be the hero. Yeah. In fact, in uh, the second Creature from the Black Lagoon movie, uh, which is called um, Revenge of the Creature, the hero has a giant cattle prod that he uses to torture the creature. Oh, shit. But he's the hero. But he's the hero. The good guy. That's messed up. (laughs) So then we get like this montage. By the way, count it two drink references now. We've got the key lime pie, and then we've got the eggs, the egg whites. Mm. We're still waiting on... Why would there be vodka? Um, (laughs) So then we get this montage of Eliza bonding with the creature, and she's giving him some eggs, and she's playing records for him, and she's got like these like big band records and uh, some Carmen Miranda, and she is visibly thirsty for that water. Oh yeah! If if you take my meaning, (laughs) there's there's one look she has on her face at one point when she's just like, yeah, she's she's into this. She's like dancing. She wants some row. Dancing around while he's in the tube. That's fun. <laughs> it's a fun date. Yeah. And someone sees her as she is hanging out with the creature. Oh yeah, she's like dancing with her mop. Mm-hmm. Little mop dance. Someone sees her doing this, did. and it's Doctor Hofstetler, who I mentioned earlier. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we follow him home from work. Lots of following people home and to work. Yeah. Great. And when he gets home from work. Uh, and here's why there's vodka. Can you guess why there's vodka? He's a drunk. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's a Russian spy. and His real name oh. is Dimitri. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or he's a drunk. Now, for some reason, um, the totally legal version I had of this movie yesterday mm-hmm. did not have the Russian subtitles. So I'm not sure what was oh, being said right. in those scenes again, but you can remind I me. I watched it on my Blu-ray, and honestly, I had a hard time 
turning on the sub. <laughs> At, for the longest, for the first half of my watching, everything was fine. There were subtitles for the Russian, there were subtitles for the stuff in ASL, mm -hmm. and nothing else. But then something went wrong and all the subtitling came off, all so right. I had to turn it up so there would be subtitling for every single thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that the scene was just like, he goes and there's his... No, wait. Is, is this where he's... No. They're at a restaurant. They're at a restaurant, yeah. And, and he's talking to these two asso Russian associates, and I'm assuming they're like, you got the thing? Are you spying you must, for you us? You must capture the creature. Yeah. It is an amazing thing. We want it. Yeah. And Dimitri is explaining to them that, like, I think this thing is smarter than we thought it was. It mm -hmm. can... Because he's, he's seen Eliza with it. It has emotions. It has emotions. Right. It can communicate. And he's very much impressed by it and starting to... I'm going to say him, not it. Hmm. He's starting to realize that um, the creature... Very much impressed by Doug. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Doug's character is credited as Amphibian Man, so that's, uh, yeah, what, that's what I'm going to call him. Perfect. And... Yeah. So then we get a scene at the loading docks of the building, and... Um, most of it, it's mostly men working in the loading docks, and like Eliza and Zelda, these are working class people, mostly black men. Mm -hmm. And they they ask Zelda like, "Hey Zelda, you want to smoke?" And she's like, oh, "I shouldn't. It's bad for me." And they're like, "Yeah, but it's fun." And she's like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> and there's all these signs everywhere that say like, "Do not smoke. No smoking. Oh. No smoking." And Zelda says, "Want want the camera see us?" And the guy says, "No, no. Over here, it's a blind spot. Camera can't see us over here." Mm -hmm. And Eliza takes note of this. The camera has a blind spot. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then she goes to check up on the amphibian man mm. and sees that he's been very brutally beaten. Oh, yeah. He's and like she, bleeding yeah, at this point. Yeah. He's, and he's like got this like rasping breath. He's like not at all well. He's having a hard time breathing. And she... Same. That's because he's not in the water. He's a fish man. He should... You know, yeah. You should get him in the water. And she hides... She can hear somebody coming, so she hides behind a bunch of, um, like, wheel carts or something. And it's Strickland. And he comes in, and he's mad at this at the creature, and he starts smacking him with the cattle prod and torturing him. And he says... He's, he's visibly, specifically horrified by the sound the creature keeps making. And he says, like, why can't you talk? It's the worst fucking sound I've ever heard, this gulping noise you're making. Okay. And uh, just he, so we're clear, we don't like this guy. Right. He's a jerk. Right. <laughs> and then uh, his superior shows up. This guy's name is General Hoyt. Mm. And he's this like military brass kind of guy. And yeah, because Strickland, Strickland is a colonel because yeah, he answers yeah. to the General Hoyt. Mm -hmm. And General Hoyt is being told a little about the creature. And we're told that back in the Amazon, a lot of the native people used to worship him. And they would give him offerings and small sacrifices. Like he was a god. Mm -hmm. Some kind of god down there. And Hofstetler shows up, or rather Dimitri shows up, and he is clearly concerned about the creature's well-being. And he said, you know, have you been beating him? I just showed him who was boss. Right. And Hofstetler explains, here's the reason they're so interested in this creature from a scientific perspective, is he can breathe in the water and in the air. And they think he might have two separate respiratory systems, basically. Lungs and gills. And they're thinking that that would be really useful to know a bit more about for the space race. Because if they want to put someone in the moon, mm. 
in the moon, um, in him, right inside, with mm-hmm. Josh Hutcherson, <laughs> then they will need to subject that person to like all kinds of extreme. Right. Uh, it, it doesn't make a ton of sense, to be honest, because we got to the moon without it. But they <laughs> they, they think don't know. They think this will be really useful for getting to the moon, and um, General Hoyt figures that like, all right, let's vivisect him. Let's just carve him up. Mm. And yeah, just like kill him, carve him up. That would, mm-hmm. Let's figure it out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that that's not good. Hofstetler does not like no. this. And Eliza, who can hear all this, she does not like this either. Because she, you know, is forming an emotional connection. She's hiding. They're good friends. Yeah. And, and they um, leave. They leave the room. Uh... Because they're like Hofstetter, like shut up, and he they get on the yep. little drivey like golf carty thing down the hall. But then Hofstetter sees Eliza leave the room as well, so yeah. he knows that she knows all this too. So now and they're like, we're gonna be secret. There's buddies. a little like moment between them when they both see each other's distraught expressions. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Eliza decides that like, okay, we're and then gonna- it turns into a <laughs> fishman no. Eliza in Hofstetter. Eliza decides <laughs> that like the only thing we can do is we gotta break him out. Like in Free Willy, we gotta we gotta break him out. Mm. And she asks Giles if he will help. And Giles at first is very, um, you know, why would I do this? This thing is not even human. What is it? And she says back to him, "If we don't help, then neither are we." Mm-hmm. Mm. And and well, yeah, she and she has the best line, hand signal like of the movie, which is uh, I can't to summarize. Essentially, she's like you know. Because we're both, we both can't communicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When vocally. he looks at me, he doesn't see the way I am incomplete. Yeah. He sees me as I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, she's ref- and and Giles takes issue with her use of him instead of it. You're calling him a he. All of a sudden, it's a he. And um, let's see. Then we follow Giles back to work, where he he has now painted the thing. It's green. The Jello right. is green Jell-O's now. Green. But that's not good enough. And Bernie, despite fighting for him, says it's, it's not really a good time. And Giles is not getting paid for this beautiful painting he did. So he goes to the pie shop to try to console himself. And he figures, okay, you know what? Now is as good a time as ever to... I'm going to make my move on the pie guy. Pie guy. And just when he's about to, he's, he's, he says, like, you know, they've been making conversation. He says to the guy, like, I'd like to get to know you a little better. Well, he, he touches his hand, He touches too. his hand. Uh-huh. And then just as he does, a black couple come into the restaurant. And the pie guy says to them, like, you can't eat in here. you got to take your food and leave. You can't sit down here. And they're like, but the place is empty. He says, all these tables are reserved all day. It's, you know, it's, this is a segregated establishment. And he also yeah. is very aggressive about the hand touching. So yeah. And not only is he super homophobic, he's but he's also, also racist. racist. Right. So we're like, and he yeah. says to Giles, <laughs> he says to Giles, like, you should leave and don't come back. This is a family restaurant. Cool. And Giles yeah. does not finish his pie, wipes his tongue on a piece of napkin because it's nasty and oh. leaves. And then he goes mm-hmm. back to Eliza and he says, whatever this, this weird fish thing is. It means a lot to you, and you're the only friend I have, mm-hmm. so I'll help. That's That's Thanks. gotta be enough. I'm in, and then, like, heist movie. Nice. Music it is a heist movie at this point. <laughs> it is. And then we follow Dimitri, who is checking in with his superiors, and they say, you know, if you can catch this thing alive, that's all well and good, but we don't need to learn. What we need is for Americans not to learn, which is still Russian foreign policy. <laughs> and they give him... 
two things. One of them is, uh, it's it's like a small bomb. It's called an Israeli popper. Cute. And you put it next. Sounds very delicious, actually. You put it next to a fuse box and you set it off, and then it blows up the fuse box, and then the power will go out. Mm. And the other is this big um, syringe full of poison. Mm, And they're like, all right, put the power out, kill all the cameras, kill the, excuse me, kill the creature with this injection. Excuse me, I'm burpy. And <laughs> we then, all are. We all are. Dennis. And that will burn him up from the inside or something so the Americans won't be able to learn anything. What a predicament. Now both his, his U.S. superiors and his Russian superiors are like, kill this thing. And he's like, but I love this thing. I came to this country not just as a patriot, but as a scientist. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And this is a beautiful living creature that we shouldn't kill. And um, then we follow. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. We follow Strickland to a car dealership. Oh, yeah. He is buying himself a new car. Mm-hmm. And we see the, the car salesman, I guess, can just tell right away, like, all of this man's insecurities. And he plays mm. him like a fiddle and convinces him to buy this Cadillac. That's sales, bright, baby. This bright green Cadillac. It's not green. It's oh, no, teal. It's teal. It's teal. It's teal. It's teal. Very manly color. <laughs> you know, nine out of ten successful men in America drive a Cadillac. The Cadillac is the car of the future. And you seem like a man on his way there. <laughs> And at first, Strickland is very like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just browsing, and then just cut to him driving the car. That's funny. It's it's like in a sitcom. He's just so immediately duped, (laughs) and he arrives at work, and uh, Fleming is is saying like, Oh, that's a beautiful car you have there, sir. And that shade of green is so striking. It's not green. It's teal. Right. And so, um, right. We've got this. We've got this plot to capture the creature. It's Eliza and Giles, and they've rented a van i guess that they've turned into this like fake laundry van yeah and also giles is like because he's an artist he's been like creating fake like ids to like get access and he wants to put his age as only 51 yeah and eliza's <laughs> like, like no no older older yeah. <laughs> and then he's like 54 and then he's like 57 and he's like i can pull it off. yeah <laughs> with the toupee i can pull it off yeah Aww. and we'll synchronize our watches like they do in the spy movies <laughs> and then we get a scene where Strickland's in his office and he's looking at, he's got this uh, wall, it's like surveillance cameras everywhere and he's got this wall of screens and he sees that Eliza is right outside his office. So he spills some water deliberately so that a cleaning person will have to come in and while she's cleaning, he's like, are you completely mute? Can you squawk a little bit? I want you to know that it doesn't bother me that you can't talk. I actually like it. I could make you squat. Very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's, it's, Michael Shannon, an amazing actor, just is an uncomfortable person. Anytime yeah. I see him on screen, oh, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to meet He's that He's great man. at playing yeah. villains. <laughs> it's, it's sexual harassment. She does right. not have to take it. And she gets right out of there. And then, um, let's see, Dimitri is begging Strickland one last chance to save the creature. But that's not happening. And stri- during this scene, Strickland is reading a book called The Power of Positive Thinking, which I really Cute. like. <laughs> and he really, like is a needless dick about protocol. He's like, knock before you come in. Now sit down. And um, that's, but uh, he makes it very clear that like, he's got his ego invested in this. There's no convincing him yeah. not to kill the creature. He also very much hates Baltimore wants to get out of there. Yeah. Mm. Once, once they've vivisected him, he's just going to leave town. And he says, Bob, you should be happy to get out of here. We'll be done soon. <laughs> So then I think it's heist time. It's heist time. It's heist time. And Eliza sneaks the amphibian man into a big laundry cart. 
And she's on her way out to meet Giles at the loading dock when she runs into Zelda, who has figured out more or less what she's doing hmm. and says, don't do this, Eliza. This is going to be so much trouble. And Eliza's like, sorry, I got to. So Zelda's like, yeah. all right, fuck it. I guess I guess I have to help you with this then. Yeah. And uh, Giles is at the loading dock and this is the security guy is not letting him through because something is very suspicious with this ID. And he... Um, Remember when he changed the age on the card? The paint is starting to uh, to wear off a little bit in his fingers. So he calls. He's about to make a call to security, which is to say to Strickland. When suddenly Dimitri shows up with that injection of poison, and he kills the guard. Because he he kind of caught on privy to their plan. He's like, okay, I'm going to help you. Yeah, because he saw when he was talking to Strickland, he saw that one of the cam one of the uh, the screens, the camera was clearly moving. In a way that it shouldn't. Strickland missed this because it was Eliza was moving one of the cameras to uh, oh. maximize the uh, the blind spot uh-huh. that we established. And so they they get the creature out. Um, they smash into the Cadillac on the way out and knock out a tail light. And Strickland is very very displeased. And before they before they leave, Dimitri gives them all these things they'll need to keep the creature safe mm. or, or healthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically like a something that make a basic basically a swamp water. Yeah. It's like this thing. big tub of what looks like kale chips or something. You've got to mix <laughs> this in yeah. and you gotta make sure make sure you gotta drop one pebble of food. You need enough <laughs> you need to make sure the water is salty enough for him. And um, so they, they get him back to uh, Eliza's apartment and they just install him in the bathtub and fill it with kale. <laughs> And and he starts breathing a little better. And Giles is like, oh my god, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life, this creature. And immediately understands why Eliza cares so much. Mm. Um, And so now that creature is just chilling out. Strickland is now trying to investigate and find out who did this. He finds Mm -hmm. the Israeli pauper Mm -hmm. next to the blown fuse box. And he and Fleming are talking about it, and they figure, like, this must have been an elite strike force, a team of at least ten men, I think. Mm-hmm. Cute. You know, well, let's synchronize our watch, like in the movies. So. <laughs> Cute. Yeah, so, um, so Giles spend, has been spending his days, like, drawing the fish man. And then there's a point, there's a scene where Giles, like, falls asleep while drawing him, and the fish man, like... Steps out. This is my least favorite scene in the movie. I know. It's sad. (laughs) So she steps out. Uh, One thing we haven't established yet is is Giles, right? Giles has the... We've mentioned... I've mentioned this one before. He's got a bunch of cats. Yeah, he's got a bunch of cats, yeah. And... One of the cats gets eaten. No! And it breaks my heart. By Doug. Doug Jones. Doug Doug eats... Ah. Doug Jones actually ate a cat for this. (laughs) (laughs) No, so Fishman eats cat. He eats a cat. He, like, escapes. And on the way out, he, like... Oh, and... Because Giles wakes up to see this, and he says, No, no, stop! And the creature, like, slashes at his arm on the way out, and he gives Mm. him this nasty cut. And Eliza gets home and sees... You know, Giles is in a panic, and he says... He's he's gone somewhere. I I'm not even mad. You know he's a wild animal. Of course he's he's gonna see right. an easy source of protein. Just go find him. And he's gone into the theater downstairs. And oh, it's also established kind of earlier on, just so that this isn't weird, is that this theater is like 
on his last legs. Like, yeah, they, not many people are coming. No one goes into All they're there. showing right. is old biblical epics. No one's coming yeah. to see them. And there's usually like maybe max four people. So yeah. that's why this fish man is just standing in the, the box. Of the, the ticket right. guy is falling asleep in his chair. So yeah. <laughs> Naked fish man standing watching. Yeah. What's playing? I don't, I don't think the I The story of Ruth. Okay. Which is not one of the better remembered biblical epics of yeah. the day. But if this were a worse movie, it would be The Creature from the Black Week. <laughs> <laughs> Too obvious, man. But they're, they're showing the story of Ruth. And uh, Eliza has been look, is looking at uh, her calendar and she sees... She, she goes to the... Ca- yeah, she goes to the canal and she figures, like, I'm going to have to release him into the canal once the, the, the next big rain happens. And that's supposed mm-hmm. to happen on October 10th. Um, from her calendar, which, side note, is the day after my and Guillermo's birthday. Nice. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. And, um, let me see. Um, so, yeah, St- Strickland's doing the investigation. He's uh, interviewing, like, employees and stuff. Um, does he interview yeah. Hofstetler first, or...? Uh, he doesn't interview Hofstetler yet, but no. when he interviews Eliza and Zelda, he makes it pretty clear he is suspicious of Hofstetler. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And he's very rude to them. And on the way out, he, he, he says, like, why am I questioning the fucking help, the shit cleaners? And so Eliza says to him something in sign language, which the, um, the subtitles inform us is fuck you. Hmm. But he doesn't know what she's saying and right. is very flustered by this. And um, then he's... Also, his fingers are, like, rotting. They're yeah, not, yeah. They're, nice. they they have not uh, connected to, to the rest of his hand. They did not take. Yeah, and she runs into Hofstetler, and he says, like, is the creature doing okay? And she says, yes, he is. You're a good man. And he says, my name isn't Dr. Hofstetler, it's Dimitri. Mm. So she knows that he's a spy now, and... Um, She's, Which is the, the vodka, by the way. Yeah, right. that's why there's right. vodka. <laughs> right, that's why. And so she's uh, uh, she's patching up the cut on Giles's arm, and as she's doing that, the creature comes in and he like puts his hand over his arm, and he's also petting the cat, and is like, "Okay, cats aren't food. Stay now. away from the cat. Stay away from the cat." <laughs> and he he puts his hand on Giles's arm and then rubs it over his forehead, and Giles is very confused by this. But then the next morning, he wakes up, and his hair has grown back. Oh. And it takes him a minute to realize he's not wearing his toupee. <laughs> and he opens the bandages, and he sees that it's like the cut was never even there. Cute. And also, so while he does that, and he, he also, like, they put their foreheads together, I think. Or no, yeah. Yeah, he puts his hand on his scalp. Yeah. Mm. and But I think he's he glows just a little bit. Yeah, right? he's yeah. a little bit bioluminescent. Yeah. Mm. And, Amphibian man. Yeah. Right. Now, up to this point, this has been kind of a fairly standard, like, oh, we got to protect this magical creature story. It's not too far off from something like Harry and the Hendersons or Free Willy. What do you think happens next? He gets kidnapped. Mm-mm. No, I don't yet. know. I don't know. Technically, he, he's already kidnapped twice now. Uh, so he's living in <laughs> Eliza's bathtub, and Eliza is on her chase lounge, and she's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And she realizes she can't sleep. Until she does something very important. Okay. And that is that she gets naked and goes into the bathtub. She wants that fish. Fucks. <laughs> okay. Fuck. There isn't a graphic scene of it. They just get in the bathtub and then that's, you know, what's about to happen. It is the moment you've been I mean, waiting. he's a naked right. fish man with, yeah. you know. 
We, uh, I should stress, he's been naked the whole time. He does not have any like big floppy penis walking around. <laughs> and in fact, that is key to the very next scene because Eliza goes to work, and Zelda's like, "Why are you smiling? Hmm. You're in a good mood about something. Oh my God, you had sex, didn't you? How?" And Eliza explains through a hand gesture I will make that will not be audible, not be visible, not be anything on the podcast, but I'll do it anyway. Interesting. <laughs> and she explained basically that uh, although he has no visible genitals... Uh, they come out! They come out, it opens up. Yep. And Zelda That's is fun. much impressed by this. <laughs> much impressed. That's, That's useful. Fun. That's useful. Yeah. yeah. And so Dimitri checks in with his bosses and... Tells them, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I killed the amphibian man. We didn't learn anything from it. I think it was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And he starts to worry that they... We're not sure whether they believe him. But either way, he starts to feel like he's kind of a loose end. And they're probably going to want to whack him either way. Uh -huh. And he's very suspicious of, of everything. Don't be um, suspicious. Don't be yeah. suspicious. We cut back in with Strickland, who is at home watching Dobie Gillis with his family, which was an old sitcom. And he's like completely unable to focus on anything that's going on with them. So he goes out to his car and he just sits in his car and he looks at his fingers, which are now like black. Essentially. Yeah, mm -hmm. just completely right. And he's like mm -hmm. squeezing them a little bit and some some. Something comes Stuff out of comes there. Out. Something probably looks like this drink. <laughs> and Great. We, Eliza is now, like in Calvin and Hobbes or something, decides she's going to flood the bathroom. And she puts towels under the doors and turns on all the faucets. And the whole bathroom's flooded. And water starts dripping into the theater below. And so the landlord makes an angry call to Giles. And is like, you go check in on what, find out what's going on in her apartment. And Giles walks in, and he sees them uh, embraced. embraced in what I can only assume is post-coital like bliss. <laughs> Blue bioluminescent. Yeah. And glow. Giles is just like, all right, fine. By the way, the creature yeah. is not green at all. Okay. He's a little green. Well, I read, no, I, read, I read that he's not green at all because mm. Guillermo del Toro wanted to instill green as like this really bleak unappetizing future oh. is the color that's what the color green represents and I, the, the, the creature sense. is actually more blue and blue and kind of gray grayish and... but he's actually no green in him at all apparently but okay the, darn where it looks like he's green it's a very like dark and warm and vivid green yeah so okay. as opposed to the more um the teal yeah and right. the neon you know, th think of like a, a 1960s coffee machine it's it's like that shade of like dull and as you said unappealing kind of dystopian lifeless green. Mm. <laughs> and so, um, yeah. At this point, what happens next? Like, well, uh, Dimitri checks in with his superiors yeah, once again. Once more. He, he's he's called by his superiors. Uh, he's told when he's going to be extracted, but Fleming is parked right outside his apartment and is keeping an eye on him. Mm -hmm. uh, side note, Dimitri's apartment is in Hamilton. Nice. I've, nice. When, it's I, a long commute to Baltimore. It so. is. I was uh, one, one time I was in Hamilton with like some time to kill before my bus home, and I was just like, I'm going to go to all the Shape of Water mm. locations I can find right here. <laughs> so I went to Dimitri's apartment. And General Hoyt shows up at Strickland's office and is talking about how you got one chance to unfuck this mess and get this creature back. 
And Strickland like goes into the bathroom and starts talking to himself in the mirror. And he's trying to pump himself up like, you get results. This, this is America. You provide. You're a man. This is what men do. You deliver. And his fingers are like purple at this point. Right. And so the day has finally come to return the amphibian man to the sea. Nice. And Eliza doesn't want to say goodbye to him. And they're sitting down at this table. And she starts... It's hard to describe this moment. Well, earlier in the film, they they watch their her and Giles are like watching a, a uh, like a musical yeah, on it's an TV. Old musical. And uh, what's it what's it called? I can't remember. But it's the woman singing the song. You'll never know. And Eliza has this like dream sequence where she is now singing this song, and she is mm. able to speak and sing oh. like classic black and white, like you know, flat Hollywood look. Yeah, and she's wearing this like sequin dress and dancing yeah. with the and creature, and there's an orchestra in the background. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. But as it fades back to reality and color creeps back in, she's like weeping because she does not want to say goodbye to him, mm-hmm. and she's not sure if he can really wrap his head around that. Uh, and he's also getting sicker and is starting to like cough up mm. blood and like he needs to go back to the sea. Mm-hmm. And Zelda offers to uh, to call Dr. Hofstetler, but he's already uh, on, his way. on his way to meet with his bosses to get extracted. But ah. he's not going to get extracted. He's going to get extracted from life. Yeah. And he gets shot a couple times. But then Strickland shows up because he was following. Because he's him. been following him, mm. and he kills the Russians. And he finds Hofstetter is not dead yet. He's been shot, and he's got Sweet. a big hole in his face. I'm darn. And um, he basically yeah tortures him for information. He like grabs him by the hole in his yeah. face and drags ew. him along. Ew. But he says, "I I need names, ranks, and locations ew. of the men involved with this heist." Yeah. And it's he just laughs at him. Del Toro scene of the bad guy torturing somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and he just laughs at him. He's like, no names, no ranks. They, they just clean. clean. <laughs> Which funny. he shouldn't have said. No, why would he say that? He's dying. He's dying. And then right. he dies. Yeah. And those are his last words. So Strick- he's like, this is a riddle you're never going to get. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it to the grave. I'll give you the answer right now. And so... Um, by this point, Strickland has basically... He's cruising around in Fleming's car, which he kicked Fleming out of. Poor mm. Fleming. And and Fleming has been complaining about the smell of his fingers. Great. And so, let's see. He Disgusting. goes to Eliza's house, but she's gone. No, he, no. Goes, he goes to Zelda's house. Yeah, yeah. He goes to Zelda's house, where we finally meet Brewster, her piece of shit husband. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, and Zelda was actually preparing to go help Eliza with yeah, the fish Yeah, she's on mans. her way out. And Strickland shows up and he starts threatening her. And in order to prove a point, he pulls off his fingers. He just rips them. He just rips them right off. Okay. It wasn't taking. So like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, may as well just admit this isn't working. He's like threatening her. And eventually she, she, to her credit, like she's terrified, but she does not talk. But then her husband steps up and says like, it was the mute girl. The mute girl took the fish thing. I heard my wife talking on the phone. And then there's a funny little scene afterwards. Just like, you, you know, thank you, you very you much. Mr. speak Fuller. all these years and I can't shut your damn mouth up. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And so Strickland. That's what marriage is. That's what marriage nice. is. Like, apparently. In, Bad marriage. In the 60s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then he goes to Eliza's house, but she's already left with the creature but he does find from her calendar what she wrote, like, canal, rains oh. come. Mm-hmm. So he figures out where she's going. Canal. That was a mistake. There's only one canal. Did you know that? Yes. Just one. 
In Baltimore, world. I guess. I don't in know. I've been I've been to Baltimore I never haven't. actually. No, me neither. I passed through it. I was like just around the corner. So we're moving into our finale at this point, and Zelda and Giles are at the canal, and they've got the creature, and he's not doing so well, and they're about to lower him into the ocean, and he said he the creature looks at Eliza, and he says to her, "This is something she said in sign language before." He says, "Like you, me, together," and she has to gesture like, "No, not me. We we can't be together." And then Strickland shows up. And he shoots her, and he shoots the creature, and he punches Giles in the face. Okay. He should have shot Giles. He should have shot Giles, because Giles gets back up and hits him in the face with a beam. Mm-hmm. Some sort of piece of wood, I guess. Yeah. Nice. I don't know. Just he got it. Just, <laughs> yeah, with the, there's, there's like some construction or something going yeah, on. Not, not actively going on, but it's like a site where yeah. it's... And he, he grabs a big like wooden beam and he smacks him in the face with it. And then Giles runs to check on Eliza and the amphibian man, who have both been shot. And the amphibian man starts glowing again. Mm. Mm. And he stands up because his healing power is kicking in. He stands mm-hmm. up. And like he's, fucking Wolverine. Yeah. Mm. Apparently Del Toro told him to stand like a matador. Cool. And he's got this very like very macho, like yeah. wide stance. Chest puffed out. Yeah. Nice. Come at me, bro. Red as hell. Come at me, bro. And Strickland has gotten up by this point from being hit in the face, but he does not stay up because the creature just like walks over to him and pulls his goddamn neck out. Cute. Yeah, just kills the fuck out of him. And Strickland's last words are, fuck, you are a god. <laughs> that's nice. Like, yeah, that's all he says. And then the amphibian man walks back over to Giles and Eliza, and Eliza's not doing so hot, so he grabs her and he jumps into the water, and he starts glowing again as his his healing power kicks in, he's trying to heal Eliza, and as he does that, the scars on her neck open up and turn into gills. Aha! You got it. And they kiss, and... They are together! They are together, and Giles has this monologue about how, like, and I... Don't know, but I think they lived happily ever after under the ocean. And it reminds me of a poem I read long ago about how when you're in love, unable to perceive... I don't remember the exact words of the poem. But under, yeah, unable to perceive, perceive the shape, of, shape you, of you. I perceive you all around me. Or something, mm. yeah. Yeah, so it's like when, when you're in love with someone, they fill your whole world the same way that water takes on the shape of whatever vessel it... Right. And that's why right. the movie is called Hellboy. Shape of... <laughs> Hellboy. <laughs> it's called Shape Jones of Water. To the Sea. <laughs> mm, very interesting. I would love to know how, uh, just how. How sexy. How sexy. So sexy. Yeah. It's yeah. very sexy. He's very got a pretty, sexy. like, ripped yeah. body, you know? Like he, de- like, he probably didn't, but he's got, like, you know, when they talk about the superhero guys, talk about... Oh, like zero percent body fat. Dehydrate themselves mm. before every scene so that they just looked as ripped as possible. Uh, That's yeah. what he looks like. Just right. But fish. Yeah, he's, fish fish he's very skinny and slender, well, but damn. in a really like muscular, taut, wiry kind yeah. of way. Yeah. Dang. And so this movie, one thing I love about it is it's got a little bit of everything. There's there's some comedy elements. There's a monster movie. There's a romance. There's a spy drama. It's beautiful right. too. It's very nice looking movie. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's stylized. I, very stylized. All of Del Toro's movies. I will uh, have to watch it. Yeah. yeah, one day you will have. I to. will. I will you actually will. literally <laughs> have to watch it. It's really so. good. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like an interesting thing to observe. I will say that at the very least. There have been so many movies where a fish monster man has a sexual interest in a human woman. I mean, 
movies where she's any, not actually human though really ambiguous but yeah. movies yeah is she it like reads as human that's, for it, that's like what, what do you okay know. what do you think both of you do you think she was fish woman that's why she was found by the river blah, right. blah, blah or do you think he's turned her into fish woman this is my end? elaborate she, she theory woman. my elaborate theory all right one uh the movie is set in the eastern united states Two, it is said in 1963, Sally Hawkins was in her early 40s when she made this, so presumably her character would have been born in the 1920s. In H.P. Lovecraft's 1923. short novella, The Shadow Over Innsmouth, uh, in the town of Innsmouth, Massachusetts, uh, people are fucking fish people hmm. and having babies by them. Mm-hmm. This book was written in the 20s. The town gets burned down at the end of the book and they, all the fishmen run away back into the sea. Yeah. I think that Eliza is a survivor of the Innsmouth Massacre, and she is an Innsmouth person. That's what Ooh, I'm here for. I like that theory. And in, in the book, much like Shape of Water, ends with the hero uh, forsaking humanity and returning to the sea to be... Uh, fish. Yeah. To be fish. It's better yeah. down where it's wetter. Take it from me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, so that's wow. that's my theory. Eliza is from Innsmouth, Massachusetts. Yeah, All right. I I would believe that. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not thinking that he turned her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sure. the 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 shape of the scars yeah. is yeah, so yeah, deliberate. Too convenient. It's too. Yeah. Too yeah. Yes. yeah. That's what I would say. Whew. What's my rating? What's your okay? How how many uh, hidden fish dicks do you <gasps> give this movie? Oh man! Oh how fun! Okay. Hee hee hee! Um. Okay. I'm gonna give this a. Big, massive, vanular, <laughs> hidden fish dick that is, I hate describing this. Describe the moist. Fish dick. Ooh, uh, a nice, big, moist, vanular. Tastes like kale. Fish dick. Just one big one. It's hairless. <laughs> yeah. Slimy. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. one. You don't but make I mean, it sound appealing. I think you only need one. Out of one. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I just, really I, think you only need once one. Once you go fish. Yeah. Yeah. Once you return to the sea. Um, That's all there is for I just Because, you know, there's so many movies where the woman is a woman is being pursued by a monster who's into her. Hmm. And it's nice to see that reciprocated. <laughs> right. We this like is, that. Yeah, this is woman. Unconditional. Woman she's, basically nagged fishman until she's right. into it. She's into it. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And they eat eggs. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Lots of that's. It's like Eggies. how how does a movie where a slimy fish man makes love to a woman, where also they eat a lot of eggs, the smells of this movie must be just god awful. Right. No. And the rotting fingers sexy. also. Oh yeah. yeah then it's sexy, that's not but sexy. it's smelly. No, no. This the fingers are not sexy. But they what's are. yeah? That's yeah. fine. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This was the shape of water. This has been. It's one of my favorite movies. I really like Funny it. Funny enough, it's like the shape of a fish dick, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we will never learn the shape no. of, of his. Of his no. Although, after Infinity. the movie came out, one of those companies that makes like weird novelty weirdly shaped dildos <laughs> uh, immediately made their perfect. sexy amphibian their sexy man. amphibian we love jobs. Yeah. to hear it <laughs> yep it's great del toro oh. was uncomfortable with this oh. news hmm. it's i mean when you okay just hearing this movie described isn't it kind of amazing that it won best picture at the oscars it's amazing it got yeah, made actually yeah <laughs> that's true incredible. too there's a story i heard from when when del toro uh was first developing the movie uh he 
already knew he wanted Sally Hawkins for the lead, and he ran into her at a party and started describing his idea for it, like, oh, I want you to be in this movie for me. And he said, because it was at a party, he had a few drinks at this point, and he's described it as, not a movie whose premise makes you sound less drunk. <laughs> Fair. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. He's not wrong. Yeah. Well... That was the shape that of water. Shape of water Danny, guys. thank you so much for coming back on the yeah. show. Yeah. In person, in live person. and in person. First time actually here. Yeah. Yeah. Ever. You know, this is by the way, everyone, this is our new apartment, me and Sam's. Yeah. It's not ready to show off yet, but we will show it off someday. I will a do a tour. walking tour live. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be cute. Fair but enough. uh yeah. Where <laughs> can enough. people find you online? We've talked about it uh beginning but yeah let's, let's bring it back up here. let's bring that back up i am at newton museum on youtube and on twitter i'm at danny can't draw well on instagram mm-hmm. which no, tells you a lot about draw well i yeah. sure can't but i do anyway um but the have main you driv- you've drawn fishman have by you, this time you, right uh, driven dr- dr- oh, a little drawing. while ago but i'll draw i'll draw him again yeah, do i'll draw him draw. again yeah and um but the main thing i do uh, social media wise is my dramatic readings on youtube and mm-hmm. i implore people to check them out i yeah. think they're fun and mm-hmm. you know plug your patreon plug the oh plug yes the pay. patreon at um i believe that's also just at newton museum mm-hmm. and there's all kinds of cool fun benefits you get to see my videos early you get um, full unedited green screen footage nice uh, you get your name at the end of the video of course right you get to see all my all my flubbed lines in the green screen and all my uh, you know bad takes <laughs> that's what you pay for baby yeah. uh, and you can follow us uh, on Facebook and Instagram haven't seen a podcast and on Twitter haven't underscore seen underscore it we're also on TikTok, in which I need to post more on. But you I know, get on TikTok. it's just yeah. too many social medias to have to yeah. figure out. Uh, and uh, you know, YouTube, you can watch us our live streams on YouTube and Twitch and Facebook, and you can watch the video episodes on YouTube as well. Will this be on YouTube? This will be on YouTube yeah. live, yeah. live video. Oh, of course, episode it's, it's, and on yeah. Spotify, all the platforms. You know it, and on our website, haven't seen a podcast dot com. Uh, where I'm going to be crossing this off the list. Um, yeah, and also take a look out for our mid-month movie reviews. We've been yep. doing those for a few weeks now, so or a few episodes now, so uh, check them out. we got Oscar check Month movie review coming out next week after this episode, so look out for yeah. it. I will. Check it out. Yeah, And, and you should, too. Uh, you should as well. And uh, on that note, you guys, um, a fuck a fish. Do it. Fuck that fish. This was a Brain Freeze podcast. <laughs>